Hey, it's John Terry, the Black Belt Leader. Welcome to the Black Belt Leadership Podcast, where each week I'm sharing insights, tips, tools, and ideas to help you learn to become a master of who you are and what you do as you discover, develop, and deploy your own unique Black Belt Leader within. Now, today I want to talk about the lesson of the caterpillar, more particularly the pine processionary caterpillar. Scientific name, Thematopia pitacampa. Now, they're often referred to as bagworms. Why? They weave massive web-shaped silt balls in the tops of pine trees. Now, pine caterpillars are one of the most destructive of all insects, and they can and do defoliate vast tracts of pine trees due to their large numbers because they are prolific breeders and they have a voracious appetite. They ultimately become a very mild and subdued moth uh, after they get through this caterpillar stage. But in this caterpillar stage of life, again, they are one of the most destructive of all insects. Now, they're also prolific breeders, as I shared, and a single pine processionary moth can lay up to 300 eggs in a single cluster. Now, this makes it difficult, if not impossible, to halt their relentless pursuit of food once they begin to establish themselves in a particular area of forest. But there's an interesting characteristic of these pine caterpillars that you need to be aware of. And there's an important leadership lesson there that all of us can learn. You may say, John, of course, there's a leadership lesson here. You're always sharing a leadership lesson from something. Well, today, it's the lesson of the caterpillar. Now, this creature gets its name in part from its mode of travel. So pine processionary caterpillar. So what is a procession? By definition, it's a number of people, or in this case, insects, moving forward in an orderly fashion. Now, the pine processionary caterpillar, or the bagworm, as we like to refer to it here in Arkansas, tends to travel in an orderly, straight-line fashion, one caterpillar following another. Think lemmings, sheep, cattle, other animals that act in a similar fashion, and some humans do that too, but more on that in just a minute. Now, here's an interesting tidbit, and here's where the lesson really begins. If you take a group of pine caterpillars and you line them up in a circle, they will mindlessly follow one another in perpetual circular motion. Even if you place food in the middle of the circle, these caterpillars will not deviate from their path and they'll ultimately walk in this circle as a cohesive group until they die. It's a scientific concept known as the herd mind. Now, let that sink in for just a minute. A herd mind, herd mentality, mob mentality, pack mentality. You've probably heard those phrases used in the past. These words, the herd mind, describe how people can be influenced by a majority of other people. It's also known as groupthink, de-individuation, or as Arthur Douglas Murray calls it in his book, The Madness of Crowds. What you need to understand is this. In groupthink, in herd mind, somebody else is doing the thinking. Someone else is doing the leading. Everyone else, the vast majority, are simply saying, doing, and believing as they're told. Those individuals in that group, in that herd mind, in this groupthink, are nothing more than pine caterpillars, lemmings, cattle, or sheep. They are mindless servants of the herd. Now, you and I, we've seen that time and time again 
throughout history. And here's an interesting thing about history. It continues to teach us the same lessons over and over because humanity has a hard time learning the lessons of the past. So go back into the 1930s, 40s, 50s, and 60s, it was vogue to smoke cigarettes. It was glamorized in movies, TV and radio commercials, glamorized and really played it up that if you were going to be cool, you were going to be in the in crowd, you needed to smoke. Print advertising followed suit. That rugged cowboy image permeated much of the print advertising culture, again, in the 40s, 50s, and 60s. Now, nobody ever thought to ask, are cigarettes dangerous? Can they harm us? Is there some danger in smoking? Nobody asked those questions. Everyone simply followed the crowd. Now, voting based on a political ideology is another example of the herd mind. People tend to vote the party line with little or no thought to what they believe, why they believe it, or whether or not they even stand for what that political party actually takes on as their beliefs and what they say they want to do. I vote Democrat because my family's always voted Democrat. I vote Republican because my family's always voted Republican. That is a herd mindset, and we've seen that for generations here in America. Now, other examples of the herd mind would be the Tickle Me Elmo craze of the mid-1990s, 1995, 95, 96, I believe, when that happened. Everybody had to have a Tickle Me Elmo, and it became this massive craze of people trying to get this silly little doll. Black Friday, Cyber Monday, these are herd mind events. People mindlessly rushing to buy the latest craze, whatever it may be, or simply going to get a deal because there's a deal to be gotten to buy things they really don't want or need and nobody else really needs or wants them anyway. But it feeds into this herd mindset of we do what everybody else is doing without conscious thought. Now, like it or not, we also see the herd mind in sports, in fashion, religion, and culture. How we make decisions, how we make judgments, or how we even form opinions can be influenced and often swayed by groupthink. But there's a dark side to the herd mind as well. We've seen this recently played out in the Black Lives Matter demonstrations, the January 6th incursion, and the ongoing abortion rights debate. People mindlessly follow the herd on one side or the other, and often engaging in random acts of destruction, looting, property damage, and harming other individuals who look, think, or act differently. Now, like the pine, pine caterpillar, they're oblivious to the damage and destruction they're leaving in their wake and the lives that are harmed in the process. Now, today we see this in woke culture. We see this in the climate change and in the gender ideology movements, where people mindlessly embrace an idea or a movement simply because everyone else is doing it. They never take the time to ask or examine, is this a good thing to do, yes or no? It's simply popular. It gives you a sense of connection, gives you a sense of belonging. Never question, only accepting, that becomes the mindset of the herd. Thinking, saying, doing, and becoming just like everyone else. You feel like you're part of a movement that's making a difference, but are you really? Well, here's an interesting fact about herd mind you probably need to know. You feel like you're in control when in fact, you're not. In fact, you can't be in control when you're part of a herd. You're simply following the caterpillar in front of you and you're marching in a circle. That's the herd mentality. Now, one of the often overlooked elements of the herd mind is the fact that independent thought is prohibited. It's forbidden. 
You are not allowed to think for yourself or act as yourself. You have to conform and be exactly like everyone else or you're no longer a part of the herd. You're not allowed to question what you're being told, what you're being asked to think, say, or do. You're just expected to mindlessly follow the direction of someone else. Now, groupthink is characterized by masses being manipulated and controlled by an individual or a group of people at the top who have convinced you that they are right and everyone else is wrong. And then everyone mindlessly parrots the same slogans, the same catchphrases, the same statements over and over again, never pausing to think for themselves, never questioning, is this really something I want to champion and do I really believe in this? Because everyone else is doing and everyone wants to belong to a group, you mindlessly engage in this group think. And as a result, like the pine caterpillar, what are you doing? You are moving in a circle, following the herd, and you end up being oblivious to the harm that you may be causing. So I ask the question, how does this help anyone learn, grow, to improve, or to become a better version of themselves? Well, sadly, it doesn't. And even more sad is this, millions of lives are being enslaved in groupthink. Individuals unwilling to think and act for themselves. Individuals unwilling to question what they believe and why. Individuals unwilling to open up their minds to hear a differing opinion. As a result, these individuals, millions of them, are going to live their lives on autopilot lockstep with the caterpillar in front of them, relentlessly marching in a circle and oblivious to whatever else may be available to them and wondering why they never truly feel satisfied and fulfilled in life. In fact, if you're simply following the herd, you're championing a popular cause that may not be your own, but it doesn't have to be that way. Let me give you an example. My first foray into the world of martial arts was karate. Now, I heard my mentality immediately set in as I heard my fellow students and my instructor to some degree tell me karate was superior to any and every other form of martial arts being taught. So as a result of that being a young, impressionable teenager, I began to look down on other martial arts styles and practitioners. I saw them as inferior, as not understanding and having the intellect and knowledge that I did at 13 years old. Now, that is until I allowed myself to question, to ask myself if something more could be learned from studying other styles and systems. My willingness to question the status quo, to challenge this mindless thinking of the herd, opened my eyes to see what I'd been blinded to because of my limited thinking. Now, hear me when I say that. Because of my limited thinking, my willingness to follow the herd and not question what I was told I blinded myself to everything else that was around me. But once I started to think for myself, once I started to open up to hearing a different perspective, to seeing a different way, to learning how to do something different, unique, or simply do the same movement slightly different to accomplish the same outcome, here's what I discovered. There's a whole nother world available to me in the martial arts other than just karate. And I've had the privilege to learn not just karate, but jujitsu, taekwondo, jeet kune do, krav maga, wing chun, a variety of different systems over the years. Why? Because I opened myself up and decided to think for myself. 
Or I could have simply remained a caterpillar. I could have mindlessly walked in that circle for the rest of my lives, missing out on everything else around me, all that that was within my grasp, but I would have been oblivious to it because I would have been committed to the herd mind. Now, as a result of me getting out of the box and thinking for myself and being willing to explore and see what else was out there, questioning and challenging what I had been told to determine for myself what I was going to believe to be true, here's what's happened. I've earned five black belts. I've been inducted into three martial arts hall of fames, and today I run the United States Martial Arts Hall of Fame. Each year, we gather together to honor some amazing individuals that have used the martial arts to make a difference in their local communities. We have an amazing black tie ceremony where we recognize these individuals and induct them into the Hall of Fame. But we also host a national training camp where we celebrate the incredible diversity of the martial arts. Each year, 15 master level instructors, each teaching a different martial arts discipline, show up to teach at our camp. And every year, it's a different group of instructors. Everyone there has an opportunity to come, and everyone there is open and willing to learn something new. They're open and willing to hear a different opinion to learn about a different style or system maybe they have never seen or experienced before. And as a result of that, everyone who comes is not only stretching their thinking, but they're stretching their ability. So what's the point, you may say, John, what are you driving to in this week's leadership lesson? As we think, we become. Now, you've heard me say that before, but let me add a very powerful phrase to that. I don't believe I've shared with you up to this point. As you think, you become. But when you stop thinking, you stop becoming. Let me say that again. As we think, we become. And when we quit thinking, we quit becoming. We stop becoming who we were put on this earth to become. And we become just like everyone else. Now, the herd mind robs us of our ability to think and act for ourselves. When we take on a cause that's popular or trendy or simply because we want to fit in or we don't want to be canceled by culture, we're embracing the herd mind mentality. This isn't leading. This is following. It's like the cow that allows himself or herself to have that proverbial ring put in their nose and the rope tied to it and you're towed everywhere that leader wants you to go. It's like being a pine caterpillar and you're simply following the caterpillar in front of you. Well, understand this. You and I, we were not put on this earth to follow. You and I, we were put on this earth to lead. We were put on this earth on purpose for a purpose. You were created to be a creator, someone who inspires, someone who builds, someone who fashions, someone who innovates, Someone who changes the lives of others for the better. Now, you and I were not put on this earth to champion another person's cause, but to champion our own cause, to find and fulfill our purpose in life, to change things for the better, and to equip and to inspire other people around us to rise to their full potential and achieve their passion and their calling and not mindlessly follow the herd doing what everyone else is doing. Now, think about that for just a minute. If everyone rose to their full potential and fulfilled the passion and calling that they were put on this earth to fulfill, how much better would the world around us be if we all 
did that. Now, black belt leaders know what they believe and why, but they're open to learning and hearing dissenting opinions. Why? Because this is how we learn and grow. This is how we gain a different perspective or learn to see things differently. When we learn to see the world through the lens of another person, we begin to understand what makes them unique and different. And this is one of the ways that we can demonstrate that we value people who may see or view the world differently than we do. Where our beliefs or opinions don't align, then we can agree to disagree, but agree to disagree respectfully and peacefully, honoring each other's independent thought, but still valuing the other person. I don't have to agree with everything that you agree with for you and I to be in relationship with one another. That's the way it should be in the world. That's what black belt leaders do. Black belt leaders know what they believe and why they believe it. They independently think for themselves. They can very clearly articulate what they believe and why. They can defend it with facts and figures and information that supports and validates what they believe. They don't just use pithy statements or whatever is common to say or whatever is being parroted by the group. They speak for themselves. But at the same time, black belt leaders remain open to learning new information because they're perpetual learners that will even allow them to admit when they're wrong. I had to do that years ago when I shared my story of karate being superior to all the other martial arts. In fact, there is no one martial art that's superior. But let me, let me stop the digression, get back to the lesson at hand. Understand this, black belt leaders don't demand everyone see the world the same way they do. They don't try to force their ideology on other people. They don't demand that other people mindlessly pledge their allegiance and support to them. When you do that, you become an authoritarian. You become a dictator. You are demanding the herd mind of others. Black belt leaders don't cancel people who see or view the world in a different way. They respect their opinion and their right to believe as they believe. They can agree to disagree, but they do so peacefully and respectfully. But they also expect other people to reciprocate in like manner. They don't force their views on others, and they do not appreciate and accept other people trying to force their ideas on them. Black belt leaders understand that individuality is important. It is essential for us rising to achieve our full potential in life. Black belt leaders focus on what unites us as a people rather than what divides us as individuals. One of the interesting things about herd mentality is it seeks to institute and perpetuate division, moving people into these small sects that can be controlled. But black belt leaders focus on what unites us rather than what divides us. Black belt leaders respect everyone, regardless of race, color, religion, sex, creed, or national origin. Why? Because black belt leaders believe we are all part of one race, the human race, and we're uniquely created with our own gifts and talents. And we've been put on this earth on purpose for a purpose, and that is to change the world for the better and to make it a better place to live and raise a family. Now, black belt leaders are independent thinkers. They think for themselves. They don't mindlessly walk in a circle like the pine caterpillar. 
They ask questions, they consider information, they weigh options, they evaluate alternatives, and they are aware of what's going on around them and looking to see if they may need to pivot or shift or move to take advantage of the information they're gaining to do things in a new or better way. But after they've asked the questions, they've gathered the information, they've weighed their options and alternatives, they think, choose, and act for themselves. They are not mindlessly following the herd they are following their own independent thought and leadership. Now, black belt leaders also celebrate the wins. They learn from their losses and they willingly share their wisdom with others who ask so they don't have to make the same mistakes they did to experience more success in life. Let me leave you with this. Black belt leaders refuse to be pine caterpillars and so should you. I'm John Terry, the Black Belt Leader, and I want to say thanks for joining me for this week's Black Belt Leadership Lesson. Thanks for joining me. Have a great day.